0: Everyone, You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. This past week, I traveled to attend a conference, and this conference was a pretty massive conference. About 7,000 people were there, and one of the nights, there was a party at someone's home who was hosting the conference. Well, I got invited to this party. Just a few people were invited, so I felt sort of privileged that I was invited to this party. So I drove up to this house through the gates and went through the protocol, and I was there and met some people that I knew and also some people I didn't know at this party. I was invited, see, to the party. Most of the people who attended the conference were not invited. I mean, I just happen to know the right people who had this party. That's why I was invited. But obviously, most of the 7,000 were not invited. Question. Who do you need to invite into your life? Question. Who do you need to invite out Of your life. Could it be that you're hanging out with the wrong they? You know who they are, don't you? Yeah. They said, they feel, they've been coming to me. They, who are they? Them. Them. Those. Those? Oh, they're just a few. But those few have some serious horsepower in our lives, don't they? The they. Who are the they? Because the they always have something to say. And I believe that the wrong they stay in the way of the right they in so many of our lives. Who are they? Who are they? Well, they, I guess you're thinking, are my friends. That's right. I have to say, after writing this book, 50 Shades of They, And remember, God is not gray when it comes to relationships, and after studying friendships for a long, long time, I've gotta say friendships are the biggest force in our lives, relationally speaking, next to our family. And for many here, you leave your family to move to your real family that you've chosen, which happened to be, and you are, your friends, friends. It's a forceful relationship involved in everyone's domain. It spells friend, everybody has friends. So do you have friendship and fellowship or do you just have friendship with some without fellowship and do you have friendship and fellowship with a bunch of the right they? Who are you inviting to your party? And who are you disinviting to your partay? Towering questions. The Bible has a lot to say about this. You know, God is the author of relationships. And if you're always kind of wondering, man, what does God want to say about, about relationships? What, is, what does God have to say about this? I mean, what does God know? Well, God knows everything. He made you and me. God's a relational creature. We're made in his image. We yearn for relationships. We yearn vertically, and that is the hole in our heart that can only be filled by Jesus, and we yearn horizontally. We, we yearn for that, for that relationship. Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, a very unpopular thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna warn you, if you weren't here last weekend, wow, you, you missed out on, on something cool. And I want you to check us out at fellowshipchurch.com because every message builds on the next. And as I said last time, So often we have training in so many different areas except relational training. We've never been trained on friendship. Many of us have never been trained on marriage. That's why I'm so happy that we're so bold enough to proclaim what God says about these relationships. But this verse I'm gonna read you is is a tough verse. God is not being capricious or cruel. He's not being discriminatory. He's not profiling here. He has your best interests in mind. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship, that'd be a good name for a church, fellowship, right? Fellowship, for what, for, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Don't be yoked together. Don't be connected. Don't be, don't be hooked up with people who aren't followers of the Lord. I didn't do very well in math, you know. I think math is of the devil. Some of you people are just (laughs) anointed because you're great in math. Fractions are freaky, I think they're demonic, but I do know this. When you add fractions, you gotta have a common denominator. God says, because God wants your best in mind relationally, make sure the right day those you invite to the Parte, make sure they have he in the middle. Uppercase H and E, he in the middle. Make sure that you have that common bond, that common denominator. Make sure you've got fellowship. In the original language, koinonia. Say it with me koinonia. It means to have in common, it means to have a deep intimacy with someone. That's fellowship. So we got a lot of friends. I mean, I've, I've spoken at the venue that had 7,000 people, and I have a lot of friends there. Those friends, though, of mine were not invited to this specific parte. Am I going too fast? So you've got friends, I've got friends as followers of Christ, and many of these friends are not people who have he in the middle. We have friendship with him. But not fellowship. I got fellowship only with people who have that common bond, which is Jesus. So what's this saying? Don't be yoked together. A yoke was a piece of farm equipment it would use to be to to, to plow fields. You would hook up animals. They would put their necks to the yoke of equal strength and, and equal kind. And 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 usually you would hook up, you know. Uh, an ox, and and you would say, okay, I'm going to yoke up this ox with this ox, same kind, same strength, because to a Jewish farmer, oxes were clean. To a Jewish farmer, donkeys were unclean. A Jewish farmer would never unequally yoke a clean animal with an unclean animal. So what are you doing being yoked up to a jackass? What? God doesn't want you to date that jackass? God doesn't want you to marry that jackass? God doesn't want, and the Bible uses jackass, okay? So it's time we get our jackass in gear. Because too many of us are like, well, I don't know what's wrong with my life. Things aren't happening right, and I feel so depressed, and all the good things in my life are being dim. Well, look at the Zay. Do a friend in Tory. Check it out. The yoke ain't a joke. Who are you yoked up with? Again, I'm not saying to diss anybody. We're to be mean-spirited with anybody. We're to be friends with everybody. But our best friends, the people we date, the people we ultimately have as our mates, have got to be followers of Christ. Our best friends got to have that common bond. So God, you see the genius of God. God wants us to experience this, this beautiful plowing with oxen as, as we're plowing row after row because we're equally yoked. If we're hooked up with an animal that's unclean, a jackass, we're gonna go in circles, it's gonna be a disaster. And we'll sow seed, but the seed is gonna germinate and, and the rows aren't gonna be right. And then a lot of people go, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sow my wild oats and then pray for a crop failure. That's what old preachers used to say. Just go ahead and sow your wild oats and pray for a crop failure. That's what so many people do. Well, that's not what God wants you to do. God says, forget that. That's whack. Be yoked with believers. So God's not being capricious or cruel. He's being strategic. Yoke up with believers and plow those straight lines. Yeah, you're going to go to the right and the left now and then. God will take care of that. God will warn you and me. And speaking of warning you and me, do you remember the Apostle Paul, Saint Paul, who wrote The Lion's Share of the New Testament? He was a guy, before he became a Christian, he was wheels off, persecuting the church, attacking Christians, a brilliant guy, a, a, a guy that was successful, a guy who was tough as nails, a guy who who God wanted, obviously, on his team. I mean, God wants everybody on his team, right? right. Well, 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 the Bible said one day Saul and his posse, his squad, his group, his association, his fraternity, his team, whatever you want to call it, they were, they were walking down the Damascus Road on their way to persecute somebody. And guess what happened? Boom! God showed up. Boom! He hit the deck. And check out what happened. Acts chapter 26, verse 14. We all fell to the ground. This is Paul talking. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is Jesus talking. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Me, the church, the body of Christ. That's Jesus. We're a part of the body of Christ. It's hard for you to kick against the, what? Say that word. What? Goads. Goads. What? Wait a minute. Why do you persecute me? It's hard. Now he was Saul before he became a believer. Then he became Paul. He's like, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Goad. Goad. Oh, a goad. Yeah, that's a. That's a. Piece of farming equipment too—a stick. It had a sharp end. It was a prod. The plowman, as he was plowing, had those oxen equally yoked. Now and then they would rest. They would go to the right. They would go to the left, and he would prod them. Whoa! Whoa! I feel the pinch. I I feel that stick. Whoa, okay, okay. (sniffs) And they would start back. God was doing this in Saul's life before he became a follower, prodding him, pinching him. Why are you persecuting me? There's a better way go my way. He did, and he became Paul. Is God prodding you? Well, man, I don't like what you're saying. I don't dig it. I'm in love with this guy, and he's handsome, and he's rich. Oh, I can change her. I'm going to missionary date. I can win her to the Lord. Yeah, I hang out with these people. You know, they're just a bunch of flip-flops, and if you're not laughing, you weren't here last weekend. A lot of you weren't laughing. I caught you. Got to be here every week. God prods you and me, doesn't He? This series, this book that'll be released. Fifty Shades of Day is, is a prod. A pst, pst, it's, 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 it's okay. Don't kick. Against the goat. God's goading us. Don't kick against the goat. You can't kick against the goat. Right now, I'm talking and I'm telling you, some students right now, you're kicking against the goat. Oh, I'm gonna do it my way, man. I know what's best for me. You're a single. Oh, yeah, I know. You're kicking against the goat. You can't kick against the goat. Some parents here, you're kicking against the goat because your kids are looking at you and your relationships are jacked up. You don't have the right day in your life and their relationships, your kids' relationships, one day will reflect you. You're kicking against the goat. It's time. It's time that we go with the goat. God is prodding us. He's goading us for our best interest in mind. You want to waste your life? You want to burn up all this time? It's a gift from God. I don't. When you go God's way, many times there's going to be loneliness. Many times there's going to be difficulty. But I promise you something, when you're equally yoked and you plow those straight lines, and you go with the goat, whoa, okay, God, thank you for that. Wow, I feel that. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna sow seed, and you're gonna be patient, and you're gonna wait, and the harvest is gonna be a bumper crop, 100% certified, organic, and you're gonna go, whoa, I am so blessed. I I trusted you, God, because after all, you wrote the owner's manual on relationships. Dr. Phil didn't. I trust you, God. I trust you. And look at my life. When I was at this conference, a couple came up to Lisa and I in their 50s. Great Christian people, they have two daughters. We greeted them, they greeted us. First thing out of their mouth, please pray for us. Our daughter is 29 years old. She's in New York and she is about to marry someone who's not a follower of Christ. Tears, sadness. Parents, what a monstrous mantle we carry. Students, what a responsibility we carry. That's why right now in Children's Church, we are teaching our kids how to establish great relational patterns with the right they. And moms and dads, if you aren't here every week, you're kicking against the goads. Stop kicking against the goads. You need to be here. Students, you need to be here. This needs to be your social place, your relational place. You need to revolve your life around the body of Christ. Stop <laughs> kicking against the goads. Don't do it. Well, Ed, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proven guy, man. Well, 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 the Bible keeps it real. I mean, the Bible's up in your grill. That's why I laugh when people say, well, Christianity, man, Following Jesus, that's for weak people. You've gotta be joking me. At least we're honest enough to admit the obvious that we're a sinner in need of a savior. We're not walking around like you in denial, lying about our condition. No, I think you're looking at the wrong person who's weak, Jack. This is time the believers stand. I mean, don't take that smack from people. They're gonna be strong, they're gonna bring it strong, I'll bring it strong right back. And you need to be the same way. Not mean, but God. But God, and God gives us good examples and bad examples. This is the bad example of somebody. Well, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Solomon, solo man, Solomon, solo man, Solomon, solo man. Wrote Song of Solomon about intimacy and marriage, awesome inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Boom, wrote a lot of the Proverbs. Memorized 2005 Proverbs. People would come from all over the place to listen to this guy. The king, King Solomon, David's son, wax eloquently about all these different subjects. You'll never have the money Solomon had. Mark Cuban would be one of his yard boys. I'm serious, that's the kind of money he had. Bill Gates, yeah, he would maybe head up IT for him. You know, that's about it. Bill! Bill, this thing's not working. (laughs) Fix this remote. Anyway. (laughs) Buildings, do you talk about buildings? His house would cost billions. So he had bazillions of dollars. He built stuff. He had babes. You were talking about women, guys. 700 concubines. You'll never have the amount of sex he had, ever. (laughs) I don't care if you're a porn star. It's not gonna happen. So why are you wasting your time messing around with chasing after money and fame and intellect and sex and this and that? He was so wealthy. We're talking back in the day. Had 40,000 horse stables. I've seen them in the Holy Land. Back in the day, you know, he didn't have ice for his adult beverages. Read about him. He would send his servants up into the mountains, collect ice, so he could have some margaritas. You think I'm kidding, not margaritas, but some are saying, oh really, margaritas, I didn't know. No, that's a little joke. He did have servants go in the mountains to get ice, bring the ice back. He had moats around his, his houses, like they had all these exotic fish and all these things. It was, it was, this, guy was, this guy was amazing. And his whole future was cut out for him beautifully. Everything was going well. But, but here is pretty much the net effect, the Wikipedia, the cliff notes. Remember cliff notes? They still have cliff notes? Really? I've never used cliff notes, but I don't even know why I know what cliff notes are. But here's his problem. King Solomon, solo man, made alliances with foreign kings and loved many foreign women. You make the wrong alliance, you have friendship and fellowship. The wrong alliance will end up being Defiant. Ecclesiastes 1.14, here's what he said after, after, I mean, after a long life, after wasting 40 years of his life in this free fall into the abyss of rebellion. Here, here's what he said. So see, here's what's so cool about him. You'll never have the stuff or experience the stuff that Solomon had. You're not going to, nor am I. So God saves us, doesn't he? All we gotta do is read this and go, wow, okay, thank you, God. I'm not gonna chase after that. I'm gonna chase after you now, but, but check it out. Here's what he said. His ticket was getting ready to be punched. That means he was clocking out, about to die. Ecclesiastes, been there, done that, now what? He's the poster child of that, solo man. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind now in Ecclesiastes 12, 1, here's what he says. He says, okay, here's what to do. Here's the app, okay, of the day. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember God when you're young. Don't waste your time. How do you waste your time? Don't kick against the goads. Don't kick against the goads. Go with God's goads. Remember the creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. Consequences. You sow seed of rebellion. You reap what you sow. You sow to the wind. You reap the whirlwind. Some of the time. Nope. All of the time. Man, God's saving us, isn't he? Ecclesiastes 12.11, oh yeah, let me read this. The words of the wise are like, what? There's the word again. You gotta be kidding me. Ecclesiastes 12.11, is that a misprint? No, the words of the wise, I thought I read that about about Paul in the New Testament. Uh, The words of the wise are like what? Like what? Goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Don't kick against the goads. Don't. Go with the goad. And there's something else about the goad. On the other end of the stick, it was like a nine iron. I'm talking about the goad. Stick, sharp point, other end was like a nine iron. I mean, what were the farmers doing? Were they like practicing their short game? No, no. A plowman, when, when, when everything was working, when he was, he, was, he was plowing and everything was yoked up and everything was yoked together, the oxen are plowing, they're moving, he's using the prod and then the prod, wait a minute, something's not working. Uh-oh, you got some mud and some mire so he would turn the goat around and scrape off the junk from the blade so then it would just slice through the dirt. What did Jesus tell his disciples? They diss you? They disrespect you? They're the wrong they? Just kick off the dirt from your flip flops. Don't be yoked up with a jackass. You can't have fellowship with a jackass. Some of you are right now, and that's what you're acting like. Wow. Because my friends reflect, and your friends reflect who we really are. They're like a mirror, the book of Proverbs says. So, the words of the wise are like goads. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. Here's what he says, now all has been said and heard. I mean, he's done it all. Again, you're not, no A-lister, no jet setter is gonna do what Solomon did. It's not gonna happen. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion. Fear God, keep his commandments, and this is the duty of mankind. Hey, young people, right now, right now, students, you fear God, you put God at the center of your life, keep his commandments. His commandments are there for our greatness. They're not downers. They're dynamic. Okay. Let me give you some practical pointers. I can go through at least four of them. We'll do the other next week. There's some people you need to invite out of your life. There's some people that don't need to show up to the party. If you obey what I'm talking about as a follower of Christ, two thirds of the conference will not show up to the party. So you're not going to have as many dates or as many friends, but those you have will be on an H and L a whole another level. <laughs> what do the people look like that I should invite out of my life? Number one, the people that hold me back. From my full potential. Think about the they. Do they hold you back from your full potential? Friends are like elevators. They take you up or down. I was at the conference. I stayed at the Omni Hotel, room 745. I pushed the button in the elevator that goes up. I went up. Pushed that it goes down. I went down. Oh, but I can't change her. I'll go missionary date. Doesn't work. Oh, yeah, I can influence them for the best. Yeah, you can in neutral zones, but you can't be in fellowship. They'll pull you down. You think you, 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 you're as smart as Solomon? People come from all over the world to listen to you, and have you written 2005 Proverbs? Have you written a book in the Bible? And, and, and have you made squillions of dollars? I, no. Well, if it can happen to him, it can happen to you and me. Number two, they'll make you feel bad about yourself. I've been around certain people, and I'm like, man, they bring out the worst in me. <laughs> the absolute worst in me. One time, because I've regularly invited people out of my life, it's not easy, but I do it. I delete people, and it's not that they're not my friends. There's no fellowship anymore. I bought this new truck years ago. I was so excited about this new truck. So I wanted to show it to my friend that I was in fellowship with, and, and God had been goading me like, watch out, this is this guy, I'm not sure about his motives and what he says, but I was like, you know, I, I want, I, God, I just feel like I should continue stay in this friendship, whatever. But, but this is kind of the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back. I showed him this truck. He goes, it's a nice truck. It'd be really cool. I mean, if I had the truck, oh, I'd customize it. Those are stock wheels. I would change that and change this. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, dude, you you can't even rejoice that I got a new truck. And you're talking about, oh, yeah, it's nice, but it's got to be (laughs) customized. Done. (laughs) Delete. Contact erased. I've seen the guy around since then. No more bro hug. I mean, I'll shake his hand. I'm his friend. There's no fellowship involved. Now, it wasn't just that. Things were building up, there's those little and, And God just used that to clean the, kick the dirt up my feet so I could plow better. See, I can't tell you this if I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it perfectly, but I'm in this process. Number three, they will negatively impact your reputation. Yeah. It's like, man, you hang out with these people, they kind of give a negative vibe about who you are and whose you are. Because people say, oh, you're in fellowship with them. Friendship, that's another matter. I'm talking about deep fellowship. And then number four, they'll bring out the worst in you. The wrong day, oh, the wrong day, what will you do? Oh, man, You all of a sudden you feel jealous, <laughs> envious, materialistic. Or maybe I should say, I feel more jealous, more envious, more materialistic. I'm not saying like I don't struggle with that. I'd be like, oh, really? No. But certain people bring it out. <laughs> Ed, you're a monster? They just bring it out in me. <laughs> Who are those people? Don't be in fellowship with them. You're at the wrong day. Feeling competitive and all that. (laughs) Always one-upping people. Watch out. Now, I have other lists like who should you invite into your life. I'm very tempted to diesel on, but I'm not going to. We're spurring the oxen to the barn. <laughs> they plowed some straight lines. We're not kicking against the goats anymore. We've allowed God to, to prod us and to clean off the mud and the mire from the plow. We're plowing straight lines. We're sowing amazing seed and the crop is going to be off the chain. But you know what? None of this stuff will happen unless we live out James 2, 23. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God as father Abraham, Abraham, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's what? God's what? Friend. Friend. It's all about the gospel. God did something. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again, and he's given us an opportunity to become his friend, to have a relationship and fellowship with him, intimacy with him through Christ. And that's the foundation, that's the basis, that's the horsepower of everything I've said. Have you made that decision? Are you a friend of God? Man, what a compliment. Oh, there goes. There goes this guy, he's a friend of God. There goes this student, she's a friend of God. Is is that awesome? We can become friends with God. And then we simply mirror that in our relationships. So it's my prayer that you accept God's friendship. It's my prayer that you invite the right they into your life and the wrong they out of your life. It's my prayer that you plow beautifully and strategically as God takes you to places you never dreamed possible. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that if there's someone here who's never, ever, ever given their lives to you, that they would make that decision, that they would respond to your gospel, your death, burial, and resurrection. God, you're our friend. Our Father, Jesus, you're our Savior, our Redeemer. And we respond to that. And Lord, may we mirror that in everything that we're about. For Christ's sake. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com.